You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. We are going through the Bible in a series of sermons we called Route 66. And we have arrived at the book of Philemon. Mile post 57. This series of teachings is a series I did, I've done three or four times. It takes months to get through it, you know. You can't just run through the Bible in two weeks. You can, but you won't learn anything. I've been going kind of slow with this. And I try to find one verse, but it's not always possible to just isolate one verse. So sometimes it's two or three verses. But we call them mileposts. The most important piece of Scripture in that book, in each of the books, now, I know that's a big undertaking, and I know it's very, very much up for discussion because some might say that I don't know what I'm talking about. Some might say that, that because they might pick some, some other verse that's more important, they think. I'm here to tell you they're all wrong. I'm right. <laughs> and I have a microphone. Philemon just has one chapter, verse 6. Let's read there. Paul says to this pastor, Philemon was a pastor, in Colossae. You remember Colossae? The Colossian letter was written to his church. And this is a letter written to the leader of that church named Philemon. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Your faith can become effective or ineffective based on what you talk about. That's what it just said. Based on your own acknowledgement. Your faith becomes ineffective if you're always acknowledging the bad things that are in you. Well, I'm just being honest, Pastor. No, you're not being honest. You're acknowledging everything that's wrong with you. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You're either a sinner or, or you're saved by grace. You've got to make up your dead gum mind. Pardon me. You've got to make up your mind on that. Because God did. He made up his mind. He called you a saint. You used to be a sinner. Now you're a saint. Because you have to acknowledge every good thing that is in you to make your faith effective. Not the evil that's in you. Not the bad things that happen to you. Not the things you failed in. I don't tell my students stories about how many times I failed. I rarely, rarely ever even talk about the symptoms that I've dealt with for the last couple of years. I hardly ever mention it. Because I'm not embarrassed to say, I am healed by His stripes. That is a good thing that is in me. Symptoms are from someplace else. Amen. Amen. 
And with that, with that confession, I have gradually gained control and getting better all the time. By acknowledging every good thing that is in you. Uh, come here, Dean. I need your help. I need you up here where everybody can see you. There's an old boy walked into a shop, little little, little uh, haberdashery, and I asked the tailor there, I said, can you give me, sell me a suit cheap? He said, well, I got one suit that's real cheap. It's your price range. He said, um, how cheap is it? He said, oh, you can afford it. I'll sell it to you cheap. He said, it's got a couple of problems. Let's put it on you. He put it on him. Put it on him, and this, this sleeve was way too long. And, and this, this leg was way too long. He said, I can't wear this. This sleeve is too long, and this leg's too long. He said, well, let me show you something. Pulled the sleeve up. Pulled the knee up and said, hold your, hold your elbow right at the top of your knee. Now walk. Now look how good that looks. Don't that look good? Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep, keep doing that. Don't that look good? Yeah. See, it fits now, doesn't it? Yeah, it fits. He said, thank you, Doc. Thank you, sir, and paid him. He walked down the street. Come walk down the street like that. Right. <laughs> A couple of little women saw him walking down the street like that, and one said, Oh, look at that poor guy. Look at that. Look at him, how he's humped over like that. The other one said, yeah, but don't his suit fit good? <laughs> there you go. Amen. Thank you, Dean. Yeah. Acknowledge the good stuff that's in you. Why are you always looking at the bad? Amen. The 12 spies went up into the promised land as being sent by... Moses, you know, you know some of, most of you heard me tell this, but I know we have visitors in the house. And then besides, I'm over, over 60 now, and I get to tell my stories over and over and over. <laughs> because, because when you get a certain age, you forget that you told it. And it seems like it's the first time. <laughs> I heard, heard about a guy said, went to the doctor, and he said... <laughs> Doctor said, I got bad news for you, son. He said, what is it? He said, you have Alzheimer's and cancer. I said, whew, thank you. At least I don't have Alzheimer's. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> the 12 spies. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have told that joke. <laughs> the 12 spies. Went up and acknowledged, acknowledged what was there. Ten of them saw the obstacles. Two of them saw the potential, saw the blessings. They saw what was possible, all, that good, all the good that God had provided for them in that land. But ten of them, all, all they saw was giants, giants. Giants! They said it so many times until they finally, the last description of those giants in Numbers 13, you don't have to turn there. The last description of those giants is like this. It said, we be as grasshoppers. Grasshoppers are an inch high. Two inches if they're giants. See, we look like grasshoppers. Now, there's never been a man 100 feet tall in this, in this world. Maybe in some 10 or 15. 
Never been a hundred foot man on this planet. Never. They felt like they were they were grasshoppers. You know why? Because they talked about they talked about giants so much their faith became ineffective. They acknowledged the bad, not the good. Remember, 12 of them went up there, and the Bible says 10 came back with an evil report. Two came back with a good report. Who, name any of those 10. Name any, any one of those 10 guys. What, what, what was their names? Can you name any one of those 10 guys? No, you can't name them because they're losers. Losers. Can't, you can't name losers' names. Except the, except the uh, Green Bay Packers today. Amen. Amen. Who's with me? All right. I'm sorry I pray for the Cowboys. I'm sorry if you don't pray for your team, I, I'm, my, my team's going to beat you. That's all there is to it. We pray for our Cowboys. Yeah, now we know why they're so good. Well, I've been praying for them for 20 years. I don't know my <laughs> Now they're, now they're hearing it. Ten came back with an evil report. Two came back with a good report. Now listen to me. That means ten came back saying the wrong thing. Two came back saying the right thing. We cannot forget they had all seen the same thing. They had all seen the same thing. So their report could not have been based upon what they saw, but what they believed about what they saw. Are you hearing me? Life is not about what it what is. Life is about what you believe it is. Pay no attention to the symptoms. Give no acknowledgement. Stand strong and just say, yeah, but doesn't this suit fit nice? Amen. 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 Tell somebody your, your, your suit fits nice. Remember in the Garden of Eden, remember this, in the Garden of Eden, it was the serpent who came up with the, this idea that they were missing out on something. God never mentioned to them that they were naked. Because when they mentioned they were naked, when Adam mentioned he was naked, God said, who told you you were naked? I have never had that conversation with you, Adam. I know you didn't hear me talk about nakedness to you. God never wants ever to talk to him about anything he didn't have. Right. And he took the serpent and said, Has God said that you should eat of every tree? Of the, every tree? Yeah, every tree but that tree. Oh, well, that's the tree you need then, buddy. That's the tree you need, sweetheart. That one right there, the one he said you can't have. Because he knows if you eat that tree, you'll be like him. She already was like him. She already was like God. You know why that tree was there? I'm going to tell you why the tree was there. Anybody ever want to know why God would have put a tree in the garden? Animals don't have a choice. They act on instinct. If there was nothing they couldn't do, they never had a choice. Choice is what makes you like God. The ability to choose your way. The ability to choose the life you're going to live. The ability to make a difference in this world by choice. Yes. 
that tree was in that garden for one reason, just to give them a choice of something not to do. You hear me? It's a good word. That gives you divine power. The power of choice. My little sister-in-law went to prison. She would tell you this story if she was here. She went to prison for dealing drugs, making drugs and selling them. Thank God there was a Holy Ghost filled fire breathing chaplain in that, in that prison. She got saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost and <laughs> walking with God today. Many years ago now. When she came out of prison, she told Ann, she said, you know, I blamed everything. My circumstances, my baby dying. I hurt my broken heart, my divorced husband. She said, I blamed everything for the reason why I got on drugs. She said to Ann, she said, you know why I got on drugs? Because I chose to. I chose to. Is anybody in the house say amen to that? Amen. You choose your life. Where you are is a product of, where, of, of the choices you've made. You are walking with God today. Most of you here are saved, filled with God's Spirit. And you did not get that because somebody else chose it for you. You chose this route. You chose God like He chose you. Amen. Glory to God. Now let's move down the road a little ways. Mile post 58. I, I couldn't narrow this down to about, but to about four, four verses. I'm sorry. Hebrews is a tough book to narrow down to one verse. So I'm taking you to, I would love to take you to Hebrews 11.1, 11, 1, but I'm not going to do that. It may be the most important verse to somebody. It kind of is to me, but I, I, had, to, I had to land here. This says it, I think, more succinctly. More thoroughly, I should say, not succinctly, more thoroughly. Hebrews 10, verse 14. Because Hebrews is all about the covenant of the blood of, blood of Jesus. And Hebrews 10, 14 says this, For by one offering He, Jesus, has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Amen. How long are you perfected? Forever. How long are you perfected? Forever. How long have you been made perfect? Forever! Verse 15, Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and write them in their minds. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. God has forgotten all about your sins. Amen. This is the promise of the new covenant. That God forgets your sins. And calls that your perfection forever. Amen. He calls you perfected forever because, not because you act perfect, but because He chose to forget. Anybody here acted perfect this week? Besides Miss Ann? I know she's going to raise her hand. And Linda, of course. Yeah. Charles, you got anything to say about that? No, no, I'd say nothing. 
he lost a tooth over saying something like that one time. <laughs> Let's take our Bibles and turn to Acts 22. I'll give you some, some background on this, some thoughts on this. How God forgets your past. Anybody have a past you'd like to forget yourself? Don't you wish you could forget some things in your past? you have anything in your past you'd like to forget today, raise a hand. Let me see here. Amen. Even the preacher's got his hand up. I raised two, like Dean. Acts 27, verse 17 says, And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance, and saw him, Jesus, standing unto me, saying unto me, this is Paul talking, he's telling the Jews, his story. Acts 22, verse 18 now. And saw him saying unto me. Paul says, I saw Jesus saying this unto me. Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And Paul says, Lord, they know that I am imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believe on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr, martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consented unto his death, and kept the raiment of them that slew him. Paul goes back to his most vile thing. He goes back to the thing he was most sorry for, no doubt. thing that he brought him shame. He went back there to talk to Jesus about that. And he said unto me, Jesus said to Paul, I know you were a stinker. I know all about your past, Paul. You saw no good for nothing. Is that what he said? He said, depart for I will send thee far hence to the, unto the Gentiles. Jesus would not even get in that conversation with him. You know why? Jesus had forgotten. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. Get out of here. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. Get out of here. You know, you know what you do. You sin a sin. You do something you're ashamed of. Go to Jesus and say, Lord, would you forgive me? He says, sure, I forgive you. That's done. It's over. Do the same thing next week. You go back and say, Lord, I did it again. He's going to say, you did what again? I got no record of you ever sinning. I got no record of your sin. Well, you did what again? That's some good news right there. That's some good news right there. That he forgets. That's what makes him God. You can't forget like he can because you're not God. And because you talk too much about it. You know what I mean? You keep talking about your hurts. They stay with you. You keep talking about all the things you did wrong. It stays with you. The power of your tongue is the power to guide your life. Jesus would not even talk to Paul about his past. He just said, listen to this. When Ananias brought up Paul's past in Acts chapter 9 on the road to Damascus, the Lord said to Ananias, there's a man named Saul of Tarsus who's going to come to you. I want you to treat him well and baptize him. You know, be, be kind to him. I've appeared to him. And now I says, Lord, I've heard about this guy. He done this, he done that, he did that, he did this. He's not a good guy. 
And the Lord said, we didn't even talk about his past. To Ananias, he just said, he's a chosen vessel unto me. Do what I tell you. Why? Because he forgot about Paul's past. Amen. amen. Somebody say amen. This is back here. Hebrews 11, 20, 24. Let's turn there. We're going to read a few verses. I'm going to tell you another, another Bible story quickly. Hebrews eleven twenty four 24 says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to, be, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect to the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land of which the Egyptians trying to do were drowned. Listen to this. This forsaking Egypt, this verse 27, is not the Exodus. It's, it's talking about when he personally left Egypt. That's in sequence as, as you read the text. He had to leave Egypt and then come back, and then it, then it kept the Passover, and then they crossed the Red Sea. He forsook Egypt in his youth, when he was 40 years old. But I read the book of Exodus. That story is nothing like this story. Nothing like it at all. It says he fled for Pharaoh. He was afraid of Pharaoh. He said he was afraid of Pharaoh. That's why he forsook Egypt. Exodus said he feared because he knew he would, he would he'd be caught for killing an Egyptian. And Pharaoh was mad at him and was looking for him to kill him. And he took off because he was scared out of his mind. This says nothing about that. This says nothing about him being a murderer. Not one word. Why? Because this was written after Jesus died. Perfecting forever, even Moses. Are you hearing me? God can't talk about Moses' past because it was covered by the one offering forever, forever purifying Moses even. If it purified Moses, it purified you. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Couldn't even talk about Moses' past. He had to read, read between, between the lines and look at his heart, what was really in Moses' heart. That's what God does for you. He looks at your heart. He doesn't always re record your actions because he's looking at your heart. That's good news, isn't it? How many of you have ever read Hebrews chapter 4 and verse... 12. Read it, Miss Ann. You have a microphone there. 412. No. Yeah, 412. Read that. That's right. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. When it says quick, it doesn't mean fast. It means alive. The word of God is alive and powerful. Piercing, piercing even to the dividing, dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Spirit, soul, and... And of the joints and marrow. Body. It divides between the spirit, 
soul and body. It's the only, only, by, only book in the world that makes a di distinction between, between those three. Spirit, soul, and body. And is a discerner of the thoughts and, and intents, intents of, of the, the mind. heart. Heart. Thoughts and intents of the mind. Heart. The preacher told me mind. Heart. The Bible says heart. Amen. The Bible says heart. How many of you are thankful God's not judging every thought of your mind? Amen. God's not judging every thought of your mind. He's looking at your heart. That's some good news right there, Mark Day. Because I have some stupid thoughts sometimes. <laughs> I have some bad thoughts sometimes. Angry thoughts sometimes. Amen. But God's not looking at my thoughts of the mind. He's looking at the intent of my heart. Amen. 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 Where He lives in the heart, the spirit man. You ready to move on down the road a little ways? Let's move on down the road a little ways. Mile post. 59, James chapter 1 and verse 17. I love this book. Some of this book was written for me. I know what you're thinking, all of it was. No, it wasn't. Most of it was written to the 12 tribes. It was written to circumcised people. But there's a lot in it for us. This is for us. Verse 17. Every good gift. Read, Miss Ann. Do you have it? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. What kind of gifts come down from the Father of lights? Every perfect. Good and perfect. With whom there is no variableness. Variableness. Neither shadow of turning. Variation means it can be one way one time. And another way, another time. God gives good gifts and He never changes. Amen. Amen. Neither shadow of turning. He didn't, didn't even act like He's going to turn. Didn't even attempt to turn. God has nothing but good for you. This verse lets us know that we have all kinds of things that do come to us. We do have all kinds of things that come. But the question is, what is the source? Does a man have a right to kill his wife? Well, it went quiet in here, didn't it? I didn't hear one male voice. Does a man have a right to kill his wife? No, man. Come on, men, say so. They're still not very enthusiastic, are they? Does a man have a right to kill his wife? No, 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 no. Does a man have a right to abuse or maim his own kids? No. Why? Because it's not right. God never maims his own people. He does not have a right to do it. If you don't, you're not allowed to do it, God's not allowed to do it. God will never hold you to a higher standard than he's willing to live himself. God will not hold you to a higher standard than He lives by Himself. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Whatever, whatever He re requires of you, He's going to do abundantly more. That's why He's telling us when, when Peter said, Lord, if my brother sins against me seven times in the day, shall I forgive him? And Jesus said, 
What did Jesus say? That's right, he said stop counting. Stop counting. 490 times a day you've got to forgive. I wonder how forgiving is God. By one offering he perfected forever. He's completely forgiving. John 10.10 10 says it like this. Are you with me? John 10.10 10. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have more abundantly. The word it is italicized, is not in the original text anywhere. He did not said that they're going to have abundant life more. You can't have abundant life more than Zoe life. You have the God kind of life, you're fully alive. There's no such thing as abundance of that. That's just all life. He's saying they might have it. Not, not it, but have more abundantly. What does the thief come to do? Kill. What does, he, what does Jesus do? Brings life to, to satisfy that, that killing. What's the other things? Steal and destroy. Destruction can be your health, can be your stuff. Vandalization of your stuff is what he's talking about. If he can't take your stuff from you, he wants to destroy your stuff. If he can't get a, get a burglar to break in and steal your washing machine, he wants to tear it up. Okay, you hear me? Kill, steal, and destroy. The life answers the, the killing. But the abundant, that they may have more abundantly answers the stealing and the vandalism. Oh, that's good right there. God wants you to have abundance and have an everlasting life while you have this great abundance. Amen, that's good right there. I think that was worth coming to church for. God is not an abusive father. He's not an abusive husband. He's a good God. All the time. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. This week, Miss Anna and I got news that the Father had moved on our behalf. I can't even describe how thankful we are for God's goodness to provide for us. Amen. Double amen. Has God done, any, done anything for you? Why don't you lift your hands and praise Him a little while. Just praise Him a little while. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. I'm done today. God bless you all.